Blog Talk Radio. My name is David Fournier, the Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace. I want to thank you so much for your participation in listening to our show. Uh, it's been doing really well on Blog Talk Radio, and it's also available in a video format on Ustream.tv. Again, that's Ustream.tv. And I encourage all of you that prefer the video type, uh, you like to see the things that are going on, look around and taste it and feel it, uh, that you'll be more than glad to check us out over there. I want to talk to you tonight. Uh, those of you listening live and also listening in archive, I want to talk to you tonight about spiritually transforming and some of the challenges that we go through. You know, this has been an especially a difficult time for many people. Uh, just this week, we had our elections of the president, and uh, half the people were happy with the guy we got, and half the people were not. And there's been a lot of conversation about what to do and for many of my Christian brethren, they feel they feel betrayed. They feel like uh, that there's a uh, that they that they their their guy should have won, and all these different challenges that have come up. And in light of that, I want to talk to you tonight about a couple of things. I want you to know that when you make a wrong turn, when you hit a blockade on your trip, your GPS will say this to you: recalculating. Uh, my son and I, Matt, were down in Pueblo trying to find the state park so we could go play some disc golf down there, and we got spun around, and we punched in the address and the little GPS, and it told us where to go, and, and one of the roads was blocked, and we had to make a right turn instead of a left, and it was like, you idiot, I told you to turn left, and then recalculating. And that's because a GPS never loses sight of its destination. It always knows how to get you to the end goal. Now, spiritually, what can occur is that we don't set goals and we don't set landmarks. Let me explain that to you. Say that again. Spiritually, we don't set goals and we don't set landmarks. You know, in my business, maybe in your business, we look at things. We look at this time last month, this time last year. What are we trending? What are we forecasting for? There's a lot of things we look at to, to give us a sense of whether we're really getting something done or whether we're not getting something done, whether we feel like we're moving forward or we're not feel like it. And we even fail to do this in our most serious relationships, in our most important relationships. You have to set goals. You've got to have landmarks. Now, whatever the pastor is going, whatever the church believes, whatever happens on Sunday, hey, that's my goal. Well, that explains why we have strife, why we have complacency, and why we have a lack of direction in our churches and in our spiritual communities. Because if we're just going along with emotions, I said today in an email that I sent out to a great pastor, a friend of mine, I said, what we've got to stop doing is motioning people towards the truth and start modeling the truth. There's a big difference between these two things. So I want to ask you tonight, what are your goals? Where do you want to grow? Where are you going? Because if you can't answer that, if you can't answer that, it's a problem. It's a problem. Why venture for it? Why be accepting of others? Why let tr uh, people try new ideas and explore? And that's a question right there. You know, we all have an enemy. We have an opponent. 
Now, for some people, you could see it as a Satan, as this horrible guy with the red uh, outfit and the big pointy horns and a pitchfork, and he's ready to, and I get all that. But for other people, we, we understand that Asatan or Satan is more about of a consciousness. It's more about the way we think, and that's exactly what Satan is telling you and he's telling me. Asatan is saying, why go explore new things? Why study? Why set goals? Why have landmarks? I mean, shouldn't our sense of entitlement and our past experience be enough? We think, we think, and I meet people who think that their spiritual achievements two weeks ago, two years ago, two lifetimes ago, well, that should be the all that it takes. However, we find out that it's not true. And Satan, one of Satan's goals is to keep you spiritually, is to keep writing your history spiritually so you'll have no future spiritual spirituality. And I want to explain what I mean by that. There are a lot of people who tell me that this was a golden time and we had this time and I remember the great revivals or the crusades, but there's anything happening live in their life. There's anything going on right now that tells me that there's some serious things that have occurred in their life. You say, I've been praying, I've been tithing, I've been attending. Those three things, by the way, I hear a lot. I've been praying, I've been tithing, I've been attending. Well, first of all, we appreciate your prayers. Secondly, we appreciate your attending, and most of all, we appreciate that you tithe. But those things in and of themselves are not the unique markers that move somebody forward. You've got to repent. You've got to you not 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 be not just to calm your own sense of guilt, but but to repent for my own soul, for our own soul, for not completing our correction, for not finishing what we start. You see, we're here on a mission. You know, there are only two things that you can do in this life. You can create memories, and you can create opportunities. I want to say that again. There's only two things that you can do here in, in your life. You can create memories, and you can create opportunities. You know, I have to be honest with you. Sometimes I'm a bit of a hypocrite. Uh, my attitude sometimes is bad. Those of you who meet me, I know that's shocking. My mouth can get a, a running away from me at times. But you know what I love more than anything? Even when we're going through hard times and difficult situations, I love seeing somebody laugh sharing a joy with them, doing something that, that can help them feel better maybe about the situation that they're in. It's called tikkun. It's called correction. It's called making a difficult situation right. But we also need to publicly confess about the conspiracies in our own mind. I'm going to get to that in just a minute after we get back from our commercial break. So once again, I want to, I want to talk to you about kind of having these spiritual conspiracies in our own mind. We'll be right back. Looking for something different at your next retreat, Bible study, or weekend seminar? Restoring Grace could be the answer for you. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace, and we gladly support, encourage, and minister in many churches across the country. You can reach me at Dave at RestoringGrace.com. Again, that's Dave at RestoringGrace.com. Or you can call 719-233-6265. 719-233-6265 for your next upcoming event. And we're back live here on the Zohar in 15. The rabbis and sages say that what can happen is we can become so involved 
we can become so in- intensely involved with the conspiracies in our minds that spiritually we're not growing. You know, I read a really great quote today, and I quoted it on my Facebook page, and I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the person that said it. But basically, in a nutshell, and I paraphrase here, the individual saying that during the time of Jesus, there was Roman opposition, there was Roman, Roman terror, there was occupation, there was uh, unfair kings and, and pseudo-kings and, and Caesars and all these things happening, but yet never did we hear Jesus or Paul or any of the disciples, for that matter, railing against the political opposition of their day. They just simply said, look, we're just going to go on to be the best versions of followers of Jesus that we can be, even in a situation like this. Because when you're self-absorbed, self-service, you're an arrogant blowhole, people don't like blowholes. I mean, at the end of the day, we can get so arrogant about our beliefs that instead, uh, instead of modeling the truth, we're monitoring how everybody else lives. I understand the value in that. I understand that there's unique things that have value in my family, but it doesn't mean that I have a right or need to express those feelings in the lives of other people. See, we have two bodies that we operate in. We have a physical body and we have a spiritual body. Anybody listening, is your, is your spiritual or your physical body getting more tired? Is it uh, wearing out sooner? Oh, mine is. I'll be completely honest with you. Mine is wearing out. I, I, I don't have the energy that I used to have. I, I still have the same enthusiasm. I do like my life. I don't feel like I can't make it up and down the stairs. But we invest so much in our physical body. If you don't think so, you need to go on Facebook and, and all these people are taking the 90-day challenge and the vegan vices. I don't even know what that thing is. Solace. I don't know what it is. They drink these protein shakes, and you have a reasonable shake in the morning, you have a reasonable shake at lunch, and all night long you're going to have the shakes. And they want to get their body in shape, and, and they want to look good. And that's great that you want those things, and there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, are you making that kind of investment in your spiritual body? Because in the end, the physical body dies. The physical body dies. What goals, what exercise, what 90-day program, what shakes are you drinking to improve your spiritual body? Because the physical body is the one that we're most familiar operating in. And when we operate in that physical body, what makes us feel happy at the moment, what brings us temporary fulfillment, is fulfilling the desire to receive for self alone. And that's why I believe so many people are so incredibly unfulfilled in their lives. It's because it's all about satisfying that immediate need. Simply put, our physical body doesn't have much interest in sharing. Doesn't have much interest in sharing. Except when it comes to things that make it feel better. For example, if you ever met somebody that all they talk about is negative things, they have pleasure in speaking negatively, evil speech about other people. The reason why that feels so good to them is they like the attention, the energy that they draw from it. The energy that they get from when they say something evil about somebody, everybody chimes in or everybody agrees and says, yeah, that person is all those things. It's not because they're committing to telling the truth. What it really comes down to is their inability to understand that they can't produce anything of any value. So they start tearing people down. They start making things different. You see, we're going to transform. And by the way, the reason why most people are unfulfilled is their life goals are own fulfillment. The reason why most people are unfulfilled is their life goal is their own fulfillment, which you cannot do in the 1% body. Remember I said earlier that you have a spiritual body and you have a physical body. Which one lives forever? Which one is the one that will go on past this lifetime? 
It's your spiritual body. It's the 99% body. We put all of our time, energy, and enthusiasm into that 1% reality. I'm going to give you guys a big clue of something you can do this weekend that will improve your life. Are you ready for this? Here's your life advice from David. Find somebody you love and go do something fun with them. Share that experience. Remember, we're only here to do two things. We create memories. We create opportunities. That's all we can do. Share the experience. It doesn't have to be a $1,000 dinner. It doesn't have to be a boat cruise, although if any of you want to do a boat cruise and pay for it, I'm available. It doesn't have to be those things. What it can be is just the enthusiasm of sharing that time with somebody, sharing, doing something other than for your physical body, but making a spiritual connection. You see, when you restrict, this is a big word in Kabbalah, when you restrict, that means I feel like hitting you, but I don't. I feel like saying negative things about you, but I don't. When you restrict and you pull back, you no longer feed your own ego. What you're doing at that point is you're beginning to get the light of the creator. You're beginning to get connected to God because can you imagine? Think about this for a minute. Can you imagine how much restriction God has to use so he just doesn't come down here and set the entire ball on fire? Every day he has to restrict. When you stop saying stupid things, when you stop speaking negatively, when your mouth can now be used for something for the cause of good that can bring the light from God, the light of the Creator. When you can get to that point, then you're beginning that transformation that we talked about. You know, if you're sharing in the easy things, that's why I've noticed people do. They share in the easy things. Connecting with people that... that admire you or people that feed your ego you're not a messiah you're not a channel for god neither am i you're just a great actor you know i was thinking to myself so many of my friends and god bless you there's so many things that are happening right now that are so difficult for everyone and i appreciate that but so many of friends are really battling right now because they feel like through this last past week this last past week that christianity has been redefined and to a sense it's true because the world that we had before is not the one that we have now. But what never changes, what never changes is our need for God. Because you, you don't want to be just a great actor in this life. You want to be a great contributor. You still need to go to places that are hard for you, places that are hard for you to correct, places that are hard for you to connect. And maybe that's what this time is all about. Maybe this election, maybe this things that we see aren't going the way we want because God sees something bigger for us. You go to church. You think you change church with your ego? You can't. See, ministry, working, contributing, sharing is not about ego growth or even feeling better about feeling bad. It's for total removal of our ego, and we've got to change our desires. So three things real quick in the last couple seconds. Number one, be accepting and be open to pain and mourning. Accept the message that we are shown and accept responsibility for it. And elevating ourselves in every connection to a level of being a giver and not a receiver. My name is David Fournier, one of the instructors here at Restoring Grace. Thank you so much for joining me, and I look forward to seeing you next week on Zohar in 15. Mm -hmm.